Welcome to episode 83 of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures great and small and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. I'm your show host, Julie South. This week and last week, we're looking at questions to ask a recruitment agency and the types of answers you should be looking for. This week's recruitment agency questions are for the vet clinic, the PMs and the HR managers or anyone else charged with finding your clinic's next dream team member. So this could include the lead vet or maybe the head nurse. Last week, we looked at it from the view of the job seeker, the vet or the nurse or the tech or any other professional looking to make their next move. For that, check out episode 82. I'll put the direct link on this episode's page at pawsclawswetnoses.fm. I believe it's important you understand how it is for each side of the fence so you can get a bit of a feel for the motivations of each party. I also want to share something that happened over the weekend in Auckland while I was away with my two sisters and my mum. It kind of shook me up. I do need to get over it and I am kind of, sort of. If you don't want to listen to that, then just skip ahead to about the 10 minute mark. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, Vet Staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz So what exactly happened to me over the weekend that I haven't let go of yet? Because if I had, I wouldn't be talking about it here, would I? This weekend, just gone, was a weekend my mum and two sisters and I have been planning for about two years. It wasn't meant to be a two-year planning thing for just a weekend, but those events called lockdown and pandemic kind of put a spanner into our plans, as I'm sure you can relate to as well. One of the things that I love to do when I'm not at work is play with different textiles. This is my R&R, my creativity. I love sewing my own clothes, knitting, crochet, paper and fabric arts like quilting. He, who's my hero and whom I love and adore, doesn't quite get the joy of cutting up beautiful pieces of fabric into tiny pieces and then sewing them all back again in a different order. But that's what quilting is. You may also know it as patchwork, usually in the form of bed covers. A heathen would refer to a bed quilt as a blanket. But that's a bit like referring to the Mona Lisa as a painting of a woman rather than the work of art that it truly is. My sisters and my mum also quilt. We love getting together with our sewing machines, fabric, food, wine and each other and doing what quilters do when they quilt. 
What's special about our get-togethers is that we haven't all been quarters. We've all done our own thing with different textiles over the years, whether it's creating our own clothes with fabric or wool or making quilts. But we haven't all been quarting together at the same time in our lives like we're at a stage now. About the time we, New Zealand, emerged from our first lockdown back in April or May 2020, we decided we'd all get together for a quilt shop hop for a weekend. We'd have a girls weekend away somewhere. The weekend we've just had was the third attempt for it to happen. The lockdowns that Auckland went into put the brakes on everything. But it happened and we had so much fun. Every moment we laughed was one of those that you wouldn't get because you weren't there. They were those you had to be there events that no one other than the four of us would understand. My mum and my sisters helped raise the GDP in Auckland and Northland through their purchases. I think if they hadn't been conscious of how much weight they could get away with in their overnight bags and overhead lockers on the aircraft, they wouldn't have indulged or they would have indulged themselves a lot more than they did. Our accommodation was upgraded courtesy of one of my sisters long-standing a core membership status. We had a level 29 three-bedroom apartment over overlooking the harbour. We had spectacular million-dollar Auckland Harbour and Bridge views. It was fantastic. And as I said, we had a fantastic time together, and I can't wait until the next time, which we're vowed to do. A tradition has been started. We got geographically misplaced out Helensville Way. That didn't spoil our weekend. Going around and round and round in downtown Auckland, trying to find a hotel and a park, didn't spoil our weekend either. The thing that marred the weekend for me was my first, and please God only, experiences of road rage. I've never experienced it before, ever. I've read about it in the papers, but to experience it firsthand, well, that was a whole new level of whoa. It was the second instance, because there were two of them over the weekend, it was the second one that kind of threw me, and it happened in the last hour of our trip. The interesting thing for me is the emotion that I found myself having, which was of embarrassment and sorrow for the woman who was sitting in the passenger seat next to the guy who was losing it all, ranting and raging at me. I really felt sad for her because she was with some jerk. Actually, a more defining noun for him isn't a word that's in my dictionary, but you might be familiar with it. It rhymes with banker. I drive a Holden, not exactly a small car, but nowhere near as big or as high or as expensive as a Range Rover, a late model Range Rover to be exact, and I'll add a very clean white Range Rover. Meanwhile, my Holden had clocked up about 600k over the weekend since its last wash, so it wasn't looking anywhere near as pristine, as impressive, as and as impressive as this white and clean SUV. I don't know, maybe there's an etiquette rule in Auckland that states if the car park is on your left, it's yours. I don't know. But the way the car park was laid out, there weren't any marked on my left. So it meant that I had to take one on my right because that's just how they were marked in this this car park. While I was indicating to turn right into the park, I needed to wait for the vehicle that was in it to exit. I thought that this jerk 
who rhymes with banker, was going to nab the park because he could have just taken it ahead of me, but he didn't. Instead, what he did, he pulled up next to me. So then we are driver's driver's window to driver's window. He's in his SUV sitting quite high up. I'm in my sedan. He's higher than me by quite a bit. He rolled down his window, leaned out of his car, then proceeded to yell and scream at me like a two-year-old, pulling faces, putting his hand behind his ears and flapping them like kids do, poking his tongue out at me a couple of times again. It's just, I just, he was absolutely seriously losing it. And I presume he could see me smiling and waving nicely through the tints of my window while he was performing all of this, flapping his hands behind his ears like kids do. I was looking at his passenger, smiling nicely at him and looking at his passenger. She was looking out of her window. She was not interested in what he was up to. While all that was going on, the thoughts were going through my head were, if he's like this in public, what's he like when the doors are closed and no one can see him? It was absolutely unbelievable. I can imagine him being the type of client that you might experience. You know the type that performs, that does the whole banker thing, when you're told that you can't love animals enough because you're not working for free. One of those types of clients. Having experienced it myself, albeit different to you, I've got to say that it kind of shook me up a bit. So I can only but imagine how it must be to expose to that weekly or even daily. I salute you. I really do salute you because, like I said, it shook me up. It must shake you up. On that note, I want to go away from hissy fits. And after Brian here, we'll bring on the rest of the show. An old vet told my father when he was a student in Glasgow, he said, uh, if you want to be a success in veterinary practice, just keep the bowels open and trust the rest to God. Nutrition's not an opinion, it's a science. They called me that weird herbal needle vet, and I, I just remember thinking, well, I'm still going to do it, because I know it works, and I've got the research to back it. From reminiscences of the real James Harriet's son, to pet nutrition, to acupuncture, the Vet Podcast discusses current animal health issues from around the world. I'm veterinarian Brian Greger from New Zealand. Just search for the Vet Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Here are eight questions or things for vet clinics to check out and or ask recruitment agencies before you start working with them. And if you're a vet or a nurse or a tech listening to this, it's a good idea to carry on listening because you get a whole other idea of what happens behind the scenes as well. The first question is, are you a specialist or a generalist? This is important because you only want to be working with specialist veterinary sector agencies. Only an agency who who knows the scene, the vet scene in New Zealand, will truly be in a position 
to help you find your next dream team member. As a general rule, only the small boutique agencies like Fitstaff work exclusively in the veterinary sector. And as I said last week, we don't and we won't help butchers, bakers or bankers or candlestick makers to find their next job. Only a veterinary only veterinary professionals so the vets, nurses, techs and support staff professionals and only in New Zealand and only in Australia. You need to make sure the agency you're working with knows the sector. So how do you do this? Well, one of the easiest ways is to check this out by going to their website and having a look at what jobs they've got listed. If they're advertising the local builder down the road or for hospice staff or even human medical staff, then they're unlikely to truly be able to help you. If you can't tell from their website, you'll certainly get a feel for them by the language they use when you're talking with them. It'll let you know that they know that they know what's going on inside vet clinics and how that affects you. The second thing you want to find out is exactly what do you get for the fee that they charge? In a way, the fee is almost immaterial. It's what you get for it. For example, when they introduce a job seeker to you, so a vet or a nurse or a tech, what behind the scenes work have they already done with that professional? Or are they just sending your clinic and other clinics on their client database a CV? And then it's up to you to follow up with that professional. If all you're getting is a CV, you can bet your bottom dollar that other clinics on the agency's database will be getting that same CV with the same or a very similar email. Sending CVs out as spraying and praying is not recruitment. If they say that they chat with the job seeker, exactly what does that mean? How in-depth is the conversation with them? Do they know, for example, do they dig deep to find out whether your clinic's values align with the job seeker's values? I've heard more than a few times from different clinics around the country that they like working with vet staff because they know that when we introduce a vet or a nurse or a tech, the fit is going to be good, that the match will work because we've done our homework first. They also like that we've done all the legwork behind the scenes, the background checking, the reference checks, the qualification checks, the values checks, everything that goes into recruitment. Some of the overseas-based agencies charge more than vet staff do and do a lot less work. Some of the recruitment agencies in the UK, for example, wouldn't dream of getting out of bed for the fees charged in New Zealand. In the UK and the US, some agencies are two to three times what New Zealanders, what New Zealand agencies charge. The third thing you want to know is, does the agency get the job seeker's permission to send you specifically their CV? This is important because it's a breach of the New Zealand Privacy Act for a job seeker's information to be sent out without their express permission. I've heard stories from job seekers that they've got a surprise call from a clinic that they had no idea they were being put forward to. 
They're unprepared for that out-of-the-blue phone call, which, when you think about it, doesn't create a very good first impression when a job seeker is caught on the back foot. So drill down exactly on what you get when you accept the terms of business of a recruitment agency. If you're paying a full service fee, make sure you get the full service, not just a CV emailed to you and to everyone else. Four, referees. As well as background checking, will the agency provide you with the reference checks they've done for the vet or the nurse or the other job seeker? If not, that's another job that you've still got to do yourself and one you're really paying for in their full service fee but not getting. So find out who's responsible for reference checking, your clinic or the agency. Next thing, contract negotiation. Who's going to negotiate the contract between your clinic and your potential new employee? You or the agency. If it's you, you need to factor that into your timetable because it can take a lot of time. Contract negotiation takes time and when you're invested to the degree your clinic and the new employee is in representing yourselves, it's even more fraught with nerves. If you can remain at arm's length during the contract negotiations, it enables you to keep a clear head and to get on with doing the other stuff that's part of your normal day-to-day work, which contract negotiation is probably not because you don't do it often enough like we do. So find out what happens when the offer is presented. After your new employee starts, what happens? Will the agency keep in touch with your new employee to make sure that everything is going smoothly to make sure there aren't any problems or surprises? The last thing you want after you've spent time and energy doing all the legwork yourself is to find out your new employee's not happy when they resign after they've only just started. We keep in touch with our new hires that we find the jobs for. If there are hiccups at the beginning, we'll help smooth the way. So there's no nasty surprises for you. We also help your new employee break the ice after they start. We've got our own onboarding program to help your new employee think you're just the absolute best place to work. If all you're receiving from an agency is someone's CV, there's no way any of this follow-up service will take place because the agency will be on to the next CV. The more CVs they can spray over town, the more invoices they can send out because to them it's a numbers game. To us, it's people. They're not interested in the long-term relationship, only in getting as many names as possible on their database on both sides of the employee-employer fence, your clinic and the job seeker. Professional coaching for the first three months after the new employee starts is part of the vet staff experience. This is a brand new initiative that we've just started at vet staff and one we are super excited about. It's great for the clinics and it's great for the new employees. When a clinic employs a vet staff job seeker, your new vet or nurse or tech will receive three months of coaching on us. 
Together with their coach, they'll look at things like self-belief. Start that again, Julie. They'll look at things like self-belief with an F. That was my cockney coming through, self-belief. They'll look at things like self-belief, value, purpose, career development, and special interests, work-life balance and resilience, how to cope when things go wrong, when when perfectionism doesn't quite work for them, perspective, performance, role, transitioning, and acceptance. There'll be an element of mentoring in the conversation, but it's mainly about coaching them to be the most fantabulous version of themselves as professionals they can possibly be. This means they'll be supported in finding answers as opposed to the answers being given to them. So how exciting is that? As I said, we're absolutely stoked and I genuinely wish it was something I thought of three years ago rather than just last month. We've got a few vets counting down to start their new jobs and we can't wait to hear what they think about it. We think it's great for the clinic and the new employee as it's 100% win-win. Lastly, here's the final number eight. You want a an agency that is invested in protecting your clinic's brand by partnering with you as much as you want to protect it yourself. Another thing for to consider as a clinic right now is that there is only so much veterinary talent in New Zealand. Isn't that correct? Right now, borders have been closed. Vets and nurses are leaving in droves. So right now, the veterinary talent pool is somewhat small. I'm sure you'd agree with me with that. However, perhaps what we don't both agree on is that engaging multiple recruitment agencies to find your next dream team member doesn't increase the pool size. When clinics ask multiple agencies to find you a unicorn vet, it confuses the job seeker. How? Because then the conversation at our end starts something like this with the new job seeker. I've just had a call about this from another recruiter. When that happens, it harms your brand and as a result, it wastes a huge amount of time. I know it's easy to think that if you've got lots of eyes looking for you, you'll increase your odds. It doesn't. Not a bit. So, please, can I respectfully suggest that you find a recruitment partner, a recruitment agency you can trust that will represent your clinic's brand professionally, understand your clinic's culture and is 100% committed to filling your clinic with perfectly fitting dream team members. Not just any vet or nurse who gets floated as the first CV through the spray and pray email that sort of fits. Those are some of the eight things that clinics get are available to you when you use a recruitment agency. As you can see, not all recruitment agencies are created equal. So you need to know that you're entrusting your clinic's professional brand to an agency that has your clinic's best interests at heart. That they're not just after the payday that they'll have by introducing a vet or a nurse to your clinic. I'll just recap them for you. The first one is, 
is the agency a specialist or a generalist? Check them out on their website. What exactly do you get for the fee that they're charging? Does the agency get the job seeker's permission in every single instance to send you their CV? Who does all the reference checking? Number five, who does all the contract negotiations? And after the new employee starts, what happens then? What do you get for your dollar that you've invested? For example, the coaching that we've got and the ice breaking that we put in. And then finally, last one, number eight, is the agency you're contracting protecting your clinic's brand as much as you want to protect it yourself? Thank you for listening. I hope you found this helpful. If you have other questions or you'd like to know more about employer branding that here at VetStaff we offer VIP clinics, then please get in touch with me, Julie at VetStaff.co.nz. If you've got questions, send them my way. I'll answer them for you. Remember to come back next week where you can listen in on the chat that I had with Ian McLaughlin, CEO of the New Zealand Veterinary Council. To make sure you don't miss out, if you haven't already, hit that follow button wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. And all those episodes will be fed direct into your library or your podcast feed so that you'll never miss out. This is Julie South signing out and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you that you can be. Kakiti Ano, take care. God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of VetStaff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. VetStaff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, VetStaff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.au NZ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.